please join me in an attitude of prayer. Holy and gracious God, for this beautiful day you have given us, we call it good. Lord, on this Memorial Day weekend, Lord, may your spirit descend upon us and may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. We pray this in your holy name. Amen. All right, we're almost finished with our sermon series called We Are the Church. And we've explored the five facets of our vow to uphold the church by our prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness. Last week, we talked about about gifts and how this particular part of our vow can be interpreted a couple of different ways. Um, It can include uh, giving back to the church financially, um, but it can also be about giving back to the church out of our uh, spiritual gifts and also our physical and natural skills and abilities as well. Today we move on to our fourth vow, which is to uphold the church by our service. And if you haven't noticed already, as we've explored each of these items in this particular vow, um, you can't have one of these without the other. They seem to build on top of each other. They're integral to each other. Um, When we live into our membership vows by praying for the church, we then naturally want to show up for the church and to be present. Um, And then when we're present and showing up, we're able to give to others out of our uh, skills and our abilities. And sometimes we give financially as well to keep things going. These five areas of this vow all go together to work towards the mission of the church. No part of this vow can exist without the other. And so there was a few times as I was writing my sermon this week, I had to um, kind of double-check myself that I'm not saying the same thing uh, for the fourth time in a row. (laughs) Because they do kind of go hand in hand. Because in all that we do, in prayers, presence, and with our gifts, we are concurrently serving the church as well. It all goes hand in hand. So I hope in my sermon today, I am not going to say the same thing uh, over and over again. Uh, but hopefully we see this vow of service, um, of serving the church, as the next faithful step in our ministry and life of membership in the church. I also find it kind of ironic that we are talking about service more towards the end of our sermon series, when in some ways service is our first, uh, our first step in our faithful uh, life of ministry in the church. Um, a few years ago in one of my continuing ed classes, um, I was really struck by a piece of information that our presenter shared with us about an interesting shift that has happened over the the generations in our churches and how people have viewed membership. Um, And it was more specifically between the two demographics of younger people and of younger people. And I really want to um, just put it out there, first of all, that um, by no means is this a blanket statement, okay? In no means does this hold true for every person in each of these demographics between the younger people and the older people. But I did think there was some truth to what she presented us. So she said in the older generation, 
If you wanted to serve the church, you first joined the church. You showed up. You became a member of the church. You signed up for the committee, for the committees, and then you did the service work. Younger people today, before they ever want to join your church, they will first want to be a part of the service of your church. They will want to serve in your church before they want to become a member in your church. It's almost the complete opposite of how the older generations used to see it. Um, they will want to participate in your mission trips. They're going to want to participate in your outreach events well before they're going to want to attend church or well before they want to join the life of the church in membership. They will often look for more service-related projects to be involved with. And that's, by the way, how they're going to rate our effectiveness as a church. They're not going to rate our effectiveness as a church based on our average attendance and whether or not it's higher or lower than last year. They're not going to look at our financial income and go, are you making more money than losing it? They're going to look at what are you physically doing in the community and in the world? How are you serving? And how, then how can we be a part of that? And that's how they're going to rate, rate our effectiveness as a church. Service has always been a crucial piece of our understanding of what it means to be the church and what it means to be a Christian. In fact, theologies have been built around our understanding of service and of work. It's actually one of the many reasons why Martin Luther originally broke away from the Catholic Church over 500 years ago and started the uh, Protestant Reformation. And it was based on his epiphany that we are saved by faith alone versus what the Catholic Church at that time was teaching was that you are saved by your works and also maybe how much you put in the offering plate. And so when he came up with this groundbreaking idea that we are saved by faith alone, you know, today we take this, the, this theology, this doctrine for granted. I think very few of us have ever questioned that part of our faith and our theology. But we forget that when this was presented, that we are saved by faith alone, this was groundbreaking. This was, this was so groundbreaking, this was so radical, that it caused us to leave the Catholic Church and to form our own movement. However, with that being said, we still struggle to articulate our theology surrounding service and work. And how does that fit into our faith then? We don't want to go back to the old way that we are saved by our works. But yet, Jesus made it very clear that we are to serve one another. It says in the Bible, faith without works is a dead faith. Jesus modeled for us what it meant to serve one another and calls us to serve each other. And so we take that to mean that our faith cannot exist without our service. Faith and works do go hand in hand. We can't just sit on our hands all day and go, well, I prayed about it, so I'm done. 
We need to also put in the work that God has called us to do to be the hands and feet of Jesus in a tangible way. Service is just as important as prayer. Work is just as important as showing up and being present. It doesn't mean that we believe that we're saved by our works. It doesn't mean that if we build so many homes with Habitat for Humanity, it doesn't mean if we go on so many mission trips, then we have earned our way into heaven, right? We don't believe that, right? We're saved by grace alone, by faith alone. There's no amount of good works that we can do to earn our way into heaven, but yet we are still called to do the good work. I think like all the other vows that we have talked about before today, we need to explore why we serve. I think for some people, when they look at this particular vow and they see that we are to serve the church, some people see that as hard work, as another obligation that they just have to do. I guess if I'm going to join the church, I better do do some work to help it out. They kind of approach it in a more negative manner or they see it as something that they grudgingly have to do. We recognize, though, the need for service, but what we, should, uh, what we should do first is our first priority should be finding our need for service. We should ask ourselves, what is our motivation for service? Why do we want to serve others? Do we want to serve others because we feel like it has to get done? Or is there another reason? For me, my reason for serving others comes out of my motivation to show compassion to others. I think a lot of us would be surprised that we serve others more than we realize. But we don't realize it's service because it doesn't feel like hard work. It doesn't feel like something we go into uh, grudgingly. It feels more like love. How many times have you dropped everything when you got that phone call and you rushed to the hospital? How many times did you drive people to doctor's appointments or help take care of people when they couldn't take care of themselves or take care of their home while they were away or while they were in the hospital? And then how many times after you did those things did you tell them, okay, you now owe me a certain amount of money or you now owe me a favor, so just, you know, just be mindful of that. Or did you break your own arm, patting yourself on the back and making sure everybody knew that? How many times did you do that then afterwards? You didn't, right? Because you didn't do it for the reward that you would get back. You did it out of love. You did it out of compassion for them. When we serve out of compassion, it doesn't feel like something we ought to do. It feels like something we want to do. When we serve out of compassion for others, we are seeing with the eyes of God of what breaks God's heart and then making a difference in that area. When we serve out of compassion, 
we see with the eyes of love and the needs that are present. And then we take care of it to the best of our ability. And by the way, that's what we are doing this Memorial Day weekend, right? We are recognizing those who have served our country to keep us safe, those who gave the ultimate sacrifice in that service. But to many that served, they would probably say that they didn't do it because they felt like they were forced to serve. They did it because they wanted to. Because they saw the need that our country was facing and they signed up out of love for our great country to keep us safe. They saw the need and they answered the call to serve our country proudly to the best of their ability because of their love for our country. I will take a guess and say that when we frame service in this way, you and I live into our call to serve, uh, to serve more often than we realize. But when we took the vow to uphold the church by our service, we also then pledged to serve in ways that help the church fulfill its mission because we love the church and what the church does to help others. What immediately comes to mind is the story of Dorcas from today's passage. And I wish they would have included more of her story um, of, of what she did for the community. Um, although her story today of her death and resurrection is, is still a very cool story. Um, but what I really liked about it is they mentioned the grief that surrounded her death because of all the many ways that she served her community. The author writes that she was always doing good and helping the poor. And then when Peter came, all the widows stood around him crying and showing him the robes and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. Dorcas saw a need in her community, and she found a way to show her love of Jesus to those who needed it the most particularly the poor and widows. She advanced the gospel of Jesus by her acts of service, by the love that she poured out into each and every person and every act of mercy that she did for others. They knew her love for Jesus by how she treated others and how she served them, going above and beyond in her care for them. I even love the last sentence of our passage today. I was debating to cut that off altogether and just stick more to Dorcas's story. But when I thought about it, I kind of realized how much it actually related to our story today. So the last sentence of our passage says that Peter stayed in Joppa for some time with a tanner named Simon. It seems like it, would, it sticks out in a story primarily about Dorcas. Um, but when you think about it, it kind of sticks with the theme of who Dorcas was. Dorcas was about serving others and how she met a need in that service. A, 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 Simon the Tanner 
served Peter in a different way. Through his radical hospitality, he saw a need of a man who had no home of his own, a man who did the work of God, and he gave him a place, a safe place to rest and to refresh himself. That's another form of service, radical hospitality. There are so many ways to serve others and to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. And we do it all out of love for others. We do it to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. We serve others by praying for them, showing up and being present to them, giving to them what they need, because we care for them. So may we go forth today willing to show our love and compassion for others through our acts of service. Amen.